Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi, I am glad you joined me for today's episode. When our child dies, we are in probably the most vulnerable time we have ever been in, as we are in such deep darkness, grieving the loss of our child. Last week, we started talking about when Jesus was led into the wilderness and was there for 40 days being tempted by the devil. I was reading the scripture the other day, and I started seeing some comparisons, some things that might be able to help us being led into our own wilderness after the death of our child. Last week, I talked about the first temptation of turning the stones into bread, and this week, I want to share some thoughts about the other two temptations. Before I read the next one, we're in Matthew chapter 4, I just want to say something I found recently says the biblical meaning of temptation is a trial in which man has a free choice of being faithful or unfaithful to God. I found that very fascinating, and I, when I think about that, it really does seem to be true. A temptation is a trial in which man has a free choice of being faithful or unfaithful to God. Let's go ahead and read from Matthew chapter 4. I'm going to start with verse 5. It says, Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Now the enemy used scripture to try and make Jesus make the wrong choice. Isn't that interesting? The enemy used God's own word against him, to tempt him, to get him to make a wrong choice. Well, God says this, and if it's true, prove it. I find it interesting that the Amplified Version, after Satan says, you know, this is what the Bible says, that, you know, God will be there. He won't let you get hurt, (laughs) kind of a thing. And the Amplified Version, Jesus said to him, on the other hand, it is written and forever remains, you shall not test the Lord your God. I love that. On the other hand, this is also what the Word of God says. We find ourselves in a conflict, don't we? Because the Word of God says that Jesus heals. The Word of God says that, you know, we pray for protection and the, you know, the the prayer of a righteous man is something powerful to be reckoned with. And we have all these scriptures about healing and protection and praying. If you have the faith of, of a mustard seed, then if you say to this mountain, be removed, it will be removed. And we just have all these scriptures that, that we have hung on to, and all of a sudden it's like, those aren't true anymore, are they? We struggle with praying anymore, which I've done a podcast episode on that. But it's here is Jesus saying, but it's also written. And it's, it's almost like contradicting the scripture that Satan came to Jesus with. 
And so I just want to make sure that we understand that, yes, those scriptures are there, but it is also written that we're going to go through trials and tribulations. This is going to be a hard, difficult life. There's no promises that having Jesus in our lives is some golden ticket that we're not going to have hardship anymore. It, the Bible says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. I think about the, the scripture in Romans 8, that a lot of us struggle with, that God promises to work everything out for good. Well, how can he work everything out for good if there isn't anything bad? And I'm not saying that God's going to turn the death of your child into something good or that he did that for that purpose. But yes, as you go along, there are good things that you will see in your life as a result of the death of your child. And that may be way beyond what you can comprehend right now. And I understand that because I, I was there. But I just think it's interesting that Satan was misusing what God had said. And Satan was using this vulnerable time of Jesus who had been fasting for 40 days. You go 40 days without food and you're, you're hungry, you're grouchy. You can be grouchy. I mean, it's a, it's a difficult place to be if you haven't eaten for 40 days. And I'm sure Jesus was very vulnerable at that time. And so for Satan to come and to twist the scriptures around the way he did, he does that to us too. He tries to bring to us, well, this is what God said. If it was really true, then God wouldn't have let your child die. Satan is full of all these ifs to put doubts into our minds. And I want to encourage you to fight those. Don't let the enemy put all those if questions, if God was really good, if God was really faithful, if God was who he said he was, if God was true to his word, then my child wouldn't have died. But there are other scriptures that we can go to that will strengthen us and help us and be what we need during this time and that will speak truth into our lives. It was interesting that when Jesus said, do not put the Lord your God to the test, some scriptures say, do not tempt the Lord your God. It's interesting that we so often, this would have been a situation of manipulating God. If Jesus would have thrown himself off of there, it would have been to manipulate God and to force his hand to do what he said in that one scripture that he would do. And it's interesting that we kind of do the same thing. We don't realize it, I think, until maybe the death of our child or some difficult uh, tragedy in our lives. But we do try to manipulate God. We use the scriptures to uh, help us have a good life so that nothing bad ever happens to us. We don't go through any tragedy, any trial, anything bad we don't want to go through. We will use the scriptures. And, you know, some of us are taught to say them back to God, speak them back to God, remind him of his promises. And those things are good and okay. And yes, those are things that we can and sometimes should do if the Holy Spirit leads us to do that in a specific situation. But generically, to just say these things and pray these prayers and throw these scriptures in God's face as a way to manipulate him so that we don't ever have to go through anything hard on this earth, that is kind of what Satan was trying to get Jesus to do. God is not a manipulator. Manipulating comes from the enemy. And so if we have unknowingly and with a, a good heart, where, you know, we've been taught those things sometimes, but if we have been throwing scriptures in God's face 
to try to force him to give us a good life and not to have to face anything difficult, then that falls into manipulation. And that is something that the enemy's hand is in, not God's. God never manipulates. It's not in him to manipulate. He gives us a free will, a choice, and he will not manipulate us to make us do something he wants us to do because it's not in him to do that. I hope I'm making sense. And so any time that we try to manipulate God to do what we want him to do, treat him like a magic genie, like he's a, a vending machine, you put in the money and the, you know, the, the winning ticket comes out kind of a thing, then we're actually falling into manipulation, which is a really sly trick of the enemy to get us into that. Let's go ahead and go on to the next few verses, the next temptation. So in verse 8, it says, Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. We may think, well, that's stupid. How is that even a temptation to Jesus? Of course, he wouldn't bow down and worship him. He knew better than that. But if you think about it, the devil has been given this earth because Adam gave it to him. God gave it to Adam. Adam turned it over to, to the enemy, Adam and Eve together with their sin. And so it does all belong to him. That's why Jesus came to give it back to us, to put it back into our hands to take it back and to walk out the kingdom of God here on earth. It would have been an easy way for Jesus to be able to have all the kingdoms, to have this world back, to worship Satan, bow down, worship Satan, and then he would have it all, and he wouldn't have to have gone to the cross. He wouldn't have had to have been tortured and brutally murdered and had to have carried the guilt and the shame of all of our sins. I mean, that really was quite the offer. You won't have to go through that if you just bow down and worship me. I'll just give it to you. And the other thing that's interesting is that the people, the Israelites during that time, they had been waiting for hundreds, thousands of years for a Messiah. And they thought the Messiah was going to come and overthrow, at that point, the Roman rule that this Messiah was going to come in and take over the political power of the world and that he was going to bring back an age of prosperity and plenty, like when they went into the land of Canaan, a land filled of milk and honey. And they thought that when the Messiah came, it was going to be a physical kingdom that he would come in and take over again. But the thing is, that's we all know that's not how Jesus came the, that time as Messiah into this world. So Jesus voluntarily in this time of temptation was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. We talked about that last week and he went. He went by the leading of the Holy Spirit into this place of wilderness and went without food for these 40 days. And so what he was doing was he was refusing to do things the way man thought they should be done and refusing to do it the way Satan was trying to tempt him to do it. He was coming as a very different kind of Messiah, and he knew that, and he hung on to that through this temptation. Now, when Satan told Jesus, I'll give you all of this, you don't need God. 
This is mine. You don't need God. I'll give this to you. And I think sometimes that's kind of the temptation that, that Satan puts in our minds sometimes. You don't need God. Look at what he did to you. You don't need God. Look at what he allowed to happen to you and your child and your family. And so we start feeling like by staying mad at God or by pushing him out of your life that you can do better than what God did. It's like Satan saying, do it my way and I'll give you what you want. But that's just not true. That's a temptation of the enemy to push God away. That see God really isn't faithful. See he really doesn't love you. See those kinds of things. He'll put those kinds of doubts in our minds. And I just want to encourage you that that's the enemy. That is not God. That is the enemy. He is trying to put these doubts in your mind. If God really is who he says he is, those are doubts from Satan. And it came from the very beginning. He still plays the same tricks because they work. Don't let them work on you. Now, if you're familiar with this scripture and you heard messages on this scripture like I have, the biggest thing that I usually hear from the temptation of Jesus is that how Jesus responded with the word. And that's what we need to do. We need to come back at Satan with the word. And I know that some of you listening really struggle with reading your Bible. And it comes back to all of those if, you know, Satan planting seeds of doubt in your mind. But it is true that the Word of God is one of the most powerful weapons we have when the enemy is trying to plant those doubts in us. So I really want to encourage you, if you need hope, look up scriptures about hope, how hope is your anchor. We have actually a, a whole list of, I think there's 30-some scriptures of hope in our uh, free membership library if you want to check that out. If you need peace, start looking up scriptures of peace and speak that over yourself. If you're ready to have joy back in your life, then find scriptures that talk about joy. We have a, a list of scriptures about joy in our, in our members library also. But whatever it is you need from God, look it up in the Word. You, there is so easy to find scriptures today on the internet that don't let the enemy put the doubts in your head that keep you away from, you know, God's word also says you need to find those other scriptures to counterattack the doubts that Satan is putting in your mind about who God is. Then it goes on to say in verse 11, then the devil left him. Now we know that wasn't permanent. And angels came and attended to him. Now we know that staying in the wilderness is certain death. We feel like we died when our child died, don't we? We feel like we're just living in a shell of a body, and it's like we're just waiting to die. We just want to get out of here too. But I want to tell you, being in that wilderness place, staying there, you, you will stay in this place of death and decay. But God is not going to abandon you there. You may feel like it, but he is not. He is with you in the wilderness, just like the Holy Spirit was with Jesus in the wilderness. And God is leading you out. The Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. The Holy Spirit will lead you into the truth that you need to help you get out of this wilderness place if you let him. 
Hebrews 4.15 says that we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sinning. And I see that scripture kind of going back to this wilderness experience that Jesus had. He was in a weak and vulnerable place in his physically, emotionally, mentally, but he kept his spirit strong. He kept plugged into the Holy Spirit. He let the spirit be what drove him, not his feelings, not his flesh, not his emotions, not his hunger. He didn't let those be what took over. And so he can sympathize with our weakness. He can sympathize with our wilderness experience. I want to remind you what I said at the beginning, that the biblical meaning of temptation is a trial in which man has a free choice of being faithful or unfaithful to God. I know that we feel like he's been unfaithful to us, but that's just not true. The enemy He's called the enemy for a reason. He has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And that is what he excels at. And we live in a corrupt, sinful world. There is sickness. There is man's evil choices. It all affects us. But God is faithful to get you through it. I guarantee you, if you let him you will see his faithfulness in your life to get you through this. So being lost is actually a precursor to being found. You can't be found if you're not lost. I know, I'd rather not be lost, right? But you are going to be in a place where you feel like you have been found by God again. And with Jesus, life is found through death. Jesus has resurrection power. And not I'm not just talking about the resurrection power of raising us from the dead when we die, when this flesh, our body dies like our children have, but I'm talking about the resurrection power bringing life to us after we feel like we have died. I believe that you are going to come out of the desert of pain and temptation to walk away from God into the joy of resurrection power. Like I said, not just through an earthly death, but while you are still here. Rebuilding our lives after the death of our child is a lot like rebuilding a house. And I would love for you to let me take you through that rebuilding process with a book I wrote, it's won multiple awards. It's called When Tragedy Strikes, Rebuilding Your Life with Hope and Healing After the Death of Your Child. And this book, I take you through that room by room. Just like I said, rebuilding a house. We'll go through the garage of tears, the bedroom of rest, the kitchen of usefulness, the family room of a support system, sitting on the porch of your identity, looking out the window of fear, putting on the roof of hope. Those are just some of the chapters in this book. And this month, because it's National Bereaved Parents Month, we are running a special. When you purchase that book, When Tragedy Strikes, for $15, you can pick out another book of your choice that I've written for only $5. That includes my Grief Journey Coloring Book and Journal. There is a one for adults, and there's also one for children. It includes the book Come Grieve Through Our Eyes. That was written to give to those for them to understand us better. 
but bereavers love it because it validates so many of their struggles. It includes the book Hope for the Future, which is an Advent book to read daily through the Christmas season. So for $20, you can get two books. If you want to take advantage of that, just go to gpshope.org, hit the store button, and go down to where the books are, and that special will be right on top there, so you can take advantage of that. Each week, I send out an email that gives a word of encouragement called Weekly Word of Hope. And if you're not receiving that, you can sign up for that at gpshope.org hope. Now, we don't spam you. We don't give it out. Your email is safe with us. I hope you feel like you already know that, that this is a safe place for you. And so I would love to be able to send you that Weekly Word of Hope and Encouragement. The links to the store and to sign up to get the the weekly email will be in the show notes if you just want to click on it there. Let's go ahead and go on to our birthdays. Robert William Corbett was born on July 20th and is forever 21. Braden King was born on July 22nd and is forever 17. Joey Figueroa was born on July 23rd and is forever 39. We celebrate with these families the day that these three boys came into the world. We know that's an important day for us. It always will be. And so we we join in with you on this day to think of, of these children. If you would like to have your son or daughter announced to our listeners the week of his or her birthday, just go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. Fill out that form with the information I need, uh, submit it, and I will add your son or daughter to the birthday segment. Jesus's victory over Satan is your victory as well. Christ is in you. You are in him. It's almost like we're sandwiched in there His victory is your victory. The Holy Spirit is with you in your wilderness, just like he was with Jesus. I heard something this week. It was really good. And she said, live by your choices, not by your feelings. That's so important. I'm going to say that again. Choose to live by your choices, not by your feelings. Live by what God says, whether you can feel its truth or not in your darkness, in your wilderness. He is ministering to you or you wouldn't have found this podcast. He will bring you out of this wilderness place. And while you're there and as you're coming out, always remember to hold on. Hey, Jesus, there is hope.